Welcome to Sojourner's Spirituality. In this program, we're going to explore the stories of those who practice different systems of spirituality, and we're going to find out about the many, many different paths that we as humans walk in regards to spirituality. I understand that there are many, many different views about this matter, and on this program, we're going to invite each guest to state their story, what they believe, and how it impacts them and their lives. The purpose of this program is to educate each other and give individuals a chance to state what they believe and how they came to where they are. Oral history and experiences, especially in regard to spirituality, have always had a very special place for millennia in all cultures. And with the age of technology, it's possible to share these like never before. Welcome back to Sojourner's Spirituality. Rather than interview someone, today we have something a little different planned. We are going to go through Ovid, only a part though, the, of the Metamorphoses. And we're going to do this because I'm going to show how there were ideas in paganism that have survived literally millennia. Uh, to the modern pagan, some of these things will jump out and they will be immediately recognizable as practices that we still incorporate and a few beliefs that we still have. So we're going to jump into this real quick. Firstly, Ovid. Who was Ovid? Ovid was born around the 20th of March, 43 BC, and died around 20 AD. And Ovid was a Roman poet who lived under the reign of Augustus. He wrote, and he, you might know him for Ars Armoria, which is the art of love, a Roman, basically, guide to dating. But he also wrote a book called The Metamorphoses. And The Metamorphoses is a set of myths and mythological stories set forth. However, Ovid was exiled from Rome. Uh, there's speculation about why. Some people believe it had something to do with Augustus's daughter and that Ovid had some knowledge of a scandal, but he was exiled to a providence along the Black Sea, and it is there he composed the Metamorphoses. And the Metamorphoses is all about transformation and change, and it's it can be a little long, and but it is a really good read. However, I will put that out there with the warning that there is content in the Metamorphoses that is extremely... Uh, gritty and extremely shocking some of it uh so yeah if you're easily offended the metamorphoses probably is not the place for you and uh some of the content shocked me and i'm anything other than easily offended however but we're going to specifically look at in the last book of the metamorphoses there is a segment called the teachings of pythagoras which is the king of Rome after Romulus is going and attempting to learn how to be a better king. And he goes to this teacher called Pythagoras. And we're going to go through some of what Pythagoras... Pythagoras gives this great big dialogue. And we're going to go through a little bit of that. And we're going to see how there's some ideas in paganism and thoughts in paganism that have lasted literally millennia. Okay, so here it starts out. This is Pythagoras teaching. Pythagoras was an old philosopher, and Pythagoras was actually responsible 
after his death, uh, his teachings were split off into the Cynics and the Platonics. But that's getting uh, aside from the point. And uh, let it be noted that Ovid is writing about Pythagoras a couple hundred years after his death. Uh, the historical accuracy of any of this I can't vouch for. I'm not a historian. Uh, but we're just going to take what Ovid says at face value and go with it. Okay, so this is Pythagoras. And it says, Now, since the god inspires me, I follow where he leads to open Delphi. The very heavens bring you revelation of mysteries, great matters never traced by any mind before, and matters lost or hidden and forgotten, these I sing. So that's fairly standard in a lot of uh, Greek and Roman poems, and even in Paradise Lost, it's basically an invocation of the muses. Uh, the muses to inspire, especially with works of art, that still is done by some people, including myself, whenever I have to get up and give a speech. Okay, but then he gets into something a lot more fascinating. He says, There is no greater wonder than to range the starry heights, to leave Earth's dull regions, to ride the clouds, to stand on Atlas' shoulders, and see far off, far down, the little figures wandering here and there, devoid of reason, anxious in fear of death, and so advise them and make fate an open book. Okay, so this here, if you take it literally, it really sounds to me like he's astral projecting, or maybe some would call it a shamanistic journey, but he is giving specific physical details of things he's seeing, such as the starry heights, That that's a little, you know, flowery, but he's specifically talking about looking far down and wandering here and there and seeing that, to me, that sounds like evidence of astral projecting, and you could argue that maybe he's just being poetic. However, I would say that there is an equally valid case you could say that that's referencing extra physical extra physical uh, phenomena if you want to get real technical about it but so there's that and uh, he puts in a little bit of the cynicism he says oh mortals dumb and cold fear of death why do you tremble at stygian rivers shadows empty names the lying stock of poets and the terrors of the false world now this could also, though, be seen as him just being cynical about all of the spiritual realities. Uh, there's obviously a couple ways to interpret this. Maybe he's saying that they're taking it too far, or maybe he's saying that the physical is there and they shouldn't be worrying about the lying stock of poets, the empty names, the Stygian rithers, and the shadows of the false world. Again, that's up to you to decide maybe some of the... Him being cynical, maybe it's not. But then he gets on into the more fascinating and relevant, I think, part for us. He says, I tell you that your bodies can never suffer evil, whether fire consumes them or the waste of time. Our souls are deathless always. When they leave our bodies, they find new dwelling places. Okay, so this here is clearly reincarnation. And uh, I know with uh, there's a lot of emphasis on reincarnation, but it's right here also in Rome. It was not merely a Eastern idea. The idea that the soul is immortal and that it goes through many forms and many changes is actually central to the entire plot of the metamorphoses. Like, if you do end up going and 
reading the Metamorphoses, I would really recommend reading this last chapter first because it's basically a key on how to understand the rest of it. Because he's really going through with the Metamorphoses, all these stories. They have their stories and there's myths, and some of them have really deep allegory to them about the changes and the struggles and different forces interacting with each other that if you start seeing it as the soul going through different changes and going through a journey it can really open up a lot of possibilities and a lot of I think truths for us that we can see like when I first was listening to it I just said this is a bunch of really weird stories but if you take a deeper look you see there's a lot of hidden lessons that Ovid's teaching and he goes on and gives specific details just in case there was any uncertainty about whether or not he was talking about literal uh, reincarnation he says I myself I well remember in the Trojan War was Panthos son Euthorbus and in my breast once knew the heavy spear of Menelaus not long ago, in Argos, Abbas city, in Juno's temple, I saw the shield I carried upon my left arm. So this here is him giving literal, real physical evidence that he remembers having previous lives. This isn't just he had his reincarnation and he lost all of his past selves. This is he kept some of them and kept some of those memories. Now, with the Roman and Greek myths, there's obviously the Rither Lethe, where people could drink them and lose all memories. That's a thing, but apparently he chose not to either drink from Lefe, and he still maintained memories of the Trojan War, which a decent bit before. Uh, this would be the time that Pythagoras is right speaking in the poem here is after Romulus's death, so a couple hundred years, if I'm not mistaken, after the Trojan War, the whole Aeneid took place and everything, so. But then he gets on to more fascinating details about how the ancient people perceived the transient nature of the soul in certain ways. He says, All things are changing, but nothing dies. The spirit comes and goes, is housed wherever it wills, shifts res residence from beasts to men, from men to beasts. But always it keeps on living, as the pliant wax is stamped with new designs, and no longer what once it was, but changes form, and still is pliant wax. So do I teach that spirit is evermore the same, through passing always to ever-changing bodies. So, there is that, and he goes on and speaks against uh, the eating of meat and veganism, and I'm not going to really touch on that here, because I feel like that be too easy to distract from what we're trying to go over then obviously there's cases to be made for that either way we could get into that at some point but for now we're just going to look at Ovid here and see that there's ideas in paganism the uh, reincarnation the astral projecting and I've heard these described as new age but really they aren't new age they're quite ancient and there's proof of these and now if someone asks you for proof of these or that there's a lot of a tendency with paganism for people to say you're just making that up as you go or that you're just reinterpreting things 
or they'll say, well, where are the ancient sources you're referencing? Here's an ancient source you can reference talking about reincarnation, astral projecting, the nature of the spirit changing form and retaining memories. And this is in Rome, and I know a lot of these ideas are common also in Eastern religions, but you can see that this is basically a universal truth that was accepted for millennia, and there are still those who believe that, and so it's, there's no need to be shy or to feel apprehensive when someone confronts you about these, because these have been be believed for millennia, it's nothing at all to be ashamed of. Okay, and we might go and visit some more Ovid later. Uh, you can let me know if y'all had an interesting time. I'd love to hear your questions about it or comments. And again, I'm trying to present this from a non-biased view. But obviously, I'm going to have some biases just inherent in my nature because I'm opinionated. But again, I'd love to discuss this. And I hope y'all have a great Saturnalia or Yule, whichever or whatever you prefer to practice, or even the holidays, just if you don't really practice them, I hope you have some time to go take it for those that care about you, and have a good time. Again, I would like to thank our listeners for being with us. I hope that you've enjoyed the show, and really look forward to next time. This is Sojourner's Spirituality Podcast. If you have any thoughts or comments, you can reach us at sojourners9116 at gmail.com. That again is sojourners9116 at gmail.com. Thank you and blessings.